Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Dr. Psych Mom Show. I'm Dr. Samantha Rodman Whiten, a clinical psychologist in private practice and the founder of DrPsychMom.com. So, today I want to talk about something that everybody um, can notice in either themselves or somebody around them. It's called overfunctioning. Now, this is, um, uh, it means when you do more than everybody around you, which means that, of course, those people underfunction. So if you are the one in group work back at school that did everything, did the whole thing, and nobody else did as much as you, or you are the one at work who comes early and stays late and goes to all the meetings nobody else wants to go to and is on all the committees and remembers everybody's birthday, or you are the person who does all of the housework, all of the childcare, says that nobody um, helps you, nobody can do it as well as you, and so therefore you have to do it all. You are an overfunctioner. Other people can recognize this personality type in a parent, spouse, uh, friend, and anybody. It's kind of a common personality type. Now, the way that this personality type develops is this person, the overfunctioner, saw it happen in their family of origin. Usually they had a parent who was an overfunctioner. Frequently, the overfunctioner was paired with an underfunctioner. So a lot of adult children of alcoholics are overfunctioners because they saw their enabling parent, the non-alcoholic one, act this way, allowing the alcoholic parent to underfunction. So, for example, a mom who cooks, cleans, uh, works an extra job, and does everything else around the house, and the dad basically gets drunk. And she says that she can't leave because he would not know what to do without her, he would die without her, and she finds some sort of a reason to stay and to enable the behavior. So when you are an over-functioner, it doesn't have to be as severe as in the case of enabling an alcoholic. It can be that you just end up doing 100% of the chores, 100% of the childcare. You are the only one who does the, quote, emotional labor in the house. Now, I talk a lot about emotional labor on my blog, but not in the way that I think that it's a very useful term. In fact, I think it's been overused. And the sociological definition originally was about the, the emotional labor done by stewardesses and and like service occupations where they had to act happy all the time even when they weren't. But now the term has morphed into almost anything that includes things that other people don't want to do and that you're doing. But I talk about that a lot, and I'll probably have an upcoming episode on that. Um, Anyhow, what it really means here is that you are over-functioning not because you have to, but because this is your familiar 
place. You doing 100% of everything is familiar to you and it's reassuring in some way. Sure, you say you don't like it and you don't like it per se, but you like the, the, the opposite a lot less. You do not want to be out of control. You want things to go your way. You like to be in charge fully. You like to pick and choose how things get done. And that is more important than getting a break or sharing the burden. So this type has a lot in common with what I call the workhorse, which uh, are people that just do work and work and work and work and think that that's their entire identity is to do everything all the time and that's the only way that people will love them or people pleasers who just feel that their identity is to make everybody else happy at the expense of their own needs or desires which they frequently forget about in the first place when you're an over-functioner you're forgetting about your own needs and you're putting yourself in this position that is untenable long term you can't do everything and not get burned out you can't do 100% of your job or the childcare or the homemaking or the organization of your friend group get-togethers or really anything without eventually feeling very resentful. And the resentment goes toward the underfunctioners. So a common, you can tell if you're an overfunctioner if you have certain cognitive distortions, meaning uh, ways of thinking that, that aren't real, that go kind of like this. Without me, no one would be able to survive. I am the only one who knows how to do whatever, whatever, whatever. My partner would not be able to keep the kids alive without me. Nobody could ever replicate the sheer amount or the quality of things that I do at work, slash around the house, slash in this marriage, whatever. Now this, obviously, you hear it when I, when I say it in this hyperbolic way, that this can't possibly be right. I mean, if God forbid you died, somebody would step in and help. And usually it would be your partner or family members that would step in and make sure that, for example, your children did not die and your bills got paid and there was food in the refrigerator. But it's hard to see it like that when you've seen only a template of one person constantly calling themselves a martyr in this way and doing so much and another person doing so little. When people base their self-worth and their self-esteem on being able to outwork and outperform everyone else, they can get trapped in this as their main identity and then hate everybody else around them who seems to be able to take a break. Now, these people, they feel, can get loved just for who they are, whereas the overfunctioner feels that they can't get loved unless they overfunction. They don't directly articulate this, but they don't really feel on a deep level that they should be loved just for showing up, but rather they have to kind of perform and achieve and make everything perfect, and only then would they be worthy of others' respect or love or admiration. This isn't the case. In fact, most people start to resent the overfunctioner. This is somebody that is considered to be a martyr, somebody that toots their own horn, somebody that pretends that they don't want um, everything their way, but in reality is a control freak. You know, nobody really wants to interact with a control freak or a micromanager. This is the underbelly of the overfunctioner. 
they do everything and therefore everything is done their way and then they kind of get addicted to having things done their way which they begin to think of as the only right or good way now there's a common situation where a woman or a man it's really equal even though people don't believe that nowadays because of popular media saying that men are so helpless and stupid which i could talk about endlessly it's not true and it's not fair but anyhow let's say because this is so common that women will openly complain about this men are kind of ashamed about it if it's their situation but women will openly say i do everything around the house my husband does nothing he sleeps through the baby monitor and he doesn't feed the children and he doesn't know how to do the laundry he doesn't know how to do the grocery shopping now in some cases there is some sort of major undiagnosed depression going on or ADHD that has just become incredibly paralyzing to the point that the person cannot have a job and really is sitting around doing absolutely nothing these are very very rare cases they're not the ones that I'm talking about here the ones that I'm talking about here are when the man is obviously an underfunctioner because the woman is an overfunctioner and vice versa they're locked in this toxic dynamic so this is a man who can go to work can set an alarm to go to work can sometimes set an alarm to go to the gym before he can go to work can make money at work doesn't get fired gets promoted even can engage in hobbies can do all sorts of things that require focus and drive but somehow the narrative in the home is that he's useless and the reason that he and his wife are locked into this narrative is because he doesn't do things the way that she likes them to be done so therefore she has found it quote easier to do it herself meaning it doesn't cause her anxiety that's what the translation of that is and then on his end he has not pushed back against that as much as he should so she is then falls into the overfunctioning martyr role and he falls into the role of this childlike man that can't really do anything right now you can imagine that over time this marriage will probably end will probably end <laughs> is not to put too fine a point on it and if it doesn't end it may as well have because the respect is gone and the love and the intimacy because the people view each other as antagonists rather than on the same team so people say no no you don't understand i'm watching my husband he's sleeping he's sleeping through the baby monitor is he sleeping through the baby monitor when you are up and watching him how long does he sleep through the baby monitor for would he sleep if the baby monitor was on the volume that he wanted the baby monitor to be on what if you just died what if again god forbid you got hit by a car would the baby die too if one of your mothers did not step in is really unlikely that somebody who is a healthy adult would not figure out a way to be near to the baby for a midnight feeding it may he may not wake up as quick as you do he may need the baby monitor on higher volume he may need to sleep in the same room as the baby but he would wake up i mean my god if he can wake up to an alarm he can wake up to a baby if he can't wake up to an alarm and he cannot hold down a job again this is a more severe situation that i can address in in, in another 
podcast called What to Do When Somebody Truly Is Incompetent. No, I mean, but somewhat kidding, but this is not the situation that we're talking about here. What we're talking about is a situation where I turn to the man and he says, and I say, well, what would you do if she died, right? And he says, well, I guess I'd sleep in the same room as the baby. Well, shit, that is a good answer, right? So what happens when I say, all right, so then a few nights a week, let him sleep in the same room as the baby. Oh, no. I still don't think he would wake up. If he did wake up, then I think that he would be crabby the next day because he didn't get his sleep. Besides, I am the only one who knows how to soothe the baby. Baby cries too long when the baby's with him. That he complains when he's tired. And then the whole day is going to be off to a bad start. Plus, I'm not even going to be able to sleep because I'm so worried about what will happen to him and the baby. Plus, there's nowhere in the house where I don't have to hear the baby. My suggestion of earplugs is soundly dismissed for any number of reasons, or her going over somewhere else for the night, the basement, the neighbor's house, anything. There's always a reason why it has to be that she wakes up with the baby. Now, cool if you want to wake up with the baby. And cool if you recognize that you are too anxious to let your husband get up with the baby in the way that he would get up with the baby. But what's bad and not cool is when you think that this is something bad about your husband. Unless you try out a few days and Somehow, he never wakes up with the baby in the same room as the baby, which I had never seen yet. Then, then you got to think that your anxiety and your tendency to overfunction may be contributing to this dynamic. And if you were to let go of the reins a little bit, you could get a few nights of good sleep. He could contribute to the midnight feedings, and the household overall may be calmer and happier. This is the same thing with laundry, with dishes, with household chores, with anything else. People, the, the underfunctioner, which again, as I alluded to earlier, but I should make explicit, this is frequently the woman. Is the woman does, there, there are many women who also are disorganized. ADHD is uh, in women as well. And so is depression, especially postpartum depression. And those things contribute to people not doing a lot. And also, there's a lot of women who are just disorganized. They don't like to do a lot of stuff. And the man is the more type A uh, guy that likes things done a certain way. So no matter who you are, if you are the one that says that you cannot let your partner do things around the house because they do them poorly, then it needs, not only does them doing it poorly have to be examined, because certainly they shouldn't be passive aggressively doing a real crap job on purpose, but your standards also may have to be examined. I wrote a post called, What Would Your Housework Standards Be If You Felt More Loved? For most people, their housework standards would go down considerably if they felt more positivity and warmth and affection in the marriage as a whole. If you feel like your husband just isn't that nice to you ever, and then on top of it, he's doing a bad job wiping the counter, you're going to be extremely mad, and you're going to probably pin it on the counter, which is what's right in front of you, and then you're going to say, oh, this is why I have to wipe down the counter. Whereas if you felt happier about the marriage overall, you may say, oh, I guess he doesn't do it the way I like it. So I can either let him do it how he does it, or I can do it how I do it, one or the other. And it wouldn't become such a power struggle. So to summarize here, if you are an over-functioner and you find yourself not just in your marriage, but if you're honest with yourself in many situations, doing more than your share, feeling obliged to do things that other people don't seem to feel obliged to do, then it is really important to take a step back and look 
very objectively about what could have led to this dynamic and this sort of uh, way of functioning in the world. It is very likely that you saw a parent that you are subconsciously emulating. Somebody else who felt that their job was never done, no rest for the weary, I have to do everything around here, martyred type of person. If you can recognize this, it is likely that you really didn't like being around that person when they were in one of their martyred modes. And you may use that as motivation for not acting like that yourself. Similarly, it could be rooted in low self-esteem, feeling like all that you have to offer is doing a bang-up job on whatever the assigned project is. And because you don't really feel that great about yourself overall as a person or your looks or your personality or whatever else. If this is you, therapy can really help with increasing your self-worth and your ability to look at yourself objectively rather than negatively. And if you look at yourself with more self-compassion, then you may get off the hamster wheel and stop the cycle of over-functioning and then complaining about other people under-functioning. Because this never ends up going well. You may be doing it with your spouse now, but then as your children get older, you will be complaining and moaning about cleaning their rooms while saying that they couldn't possibly clean up their own rooms for the reason that, again, two things, you secretly want it done your way and you even more secretly and subconsciously feel that this is kind of an estimate of how good you are as a wife, mother, homemaker, husband, provider, father, worker, whatever it is. And this is your lot in life is to just do and do and do and work and work and work. That should not be anybody's lot in life. What could you do with all of the time you would have if you stopped straightening the clothes on the hanger and sweeping 15 times more than anybody else would or whatever else it is? Could the children make their own lunches? How much laundry would you have to leave in the hamper before your spouse ran out of clothes and had to do their own laundry? These are philosophical questions that an overfunctioner needs to ask themselves. Now, again, I am not saying that the, the other partner, the underfunctioner, doesn't have their part. The underfunctioner frequently just finds it easier to avoid any sort of conflict and avoid any sort of self-assertion. They are almost pathologically conflict avoidant. And instead of saying, hey, I am going to get up with the baby. Let me do it on, in my way, though. They'll just say, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I, I don't know what I would do without you. That doesn't mean that they really don't know what they would do without you. That means that they really don't know what they would do if they had to get into a fight right now and they don't want to think about it. So this person is pathologically conflict avoidant and you may be anxious and pathologically overfunctioning. So this combination can lead to a marriage where two people feel very, very distant. And if it happens at work, it can make you feel resentful there too. If it happens with the kids, it can make you feel resentful towards your kids. I mean, it really makes you feel resentful whenever you are trapped in this dynamic of doing more than the other person and not knowing how to escape. Obviously, from what I'm talking about, you can see that overfunctioning has a very high overlap with generalized anxiety. So if you're somebody who worries about every little thing and worries about everything going wrong, then the illusion of control that anxious people like 
uh, means that if you do everything in exactly the way that you want to do it, then somehow the illusion that you have is that then things will go well and you can prevent bad outcomes. So if you pack the children's lunches exactly the way that you think you should, then this will somehow save the children from some bad outcomes, such as having a sandwich they don't like or having to, really, that's it, having a sandwich they don't like. You know, and if you are somebody who this resonates for, think about it. Think about whether you would classify yourself as an anxious person. It's always a good good idea to just Google some of these uh, DSM diagnoses and see if it kind of fits. With, with medical things, you know, it's like you get a little lump and you Google it, then you feel like you're about to die tomorrow. That's probably not a good idea. But with DSM diagnoses, see if it fits. Contact a therapist and say, from what I saw, I think I have anxiety. What do you think? I mean, obviously, your self-diagnosis should not be the be-all and end-all, but it can give you a little bit of a, of a window into what you're dealing with here. And if you have constant worries that interfere with daily life, which is really the hallmark of generalized anxiety disorder, then, you know, that, that's not something that you deserve to live with. There's treatment for that. It's super responsive to therapy. And the family of origin issues that are the other, you know, contributor to overfunctioning, those can be processed and worked through as well such that you can learn other templates for engaging in intimate relationships that leave you less exhausted, harried, resentful, and bitter. All right, so I hope that you learned a lot from this about over and under functioning, and you have some kind of ideas about how this starts, how it perpetuates itself, and other overlapping issues such as undiagnosed anxiety. If this describes you and your partner, because I could say you and your coworkers, but they're not going to listen to this podcast. You got better luck with your spouse. Then listen to this and discuss it. Discuss both of your contributions to this imbalance in, in work. It always takes two to tango in marital issues. So uh, if you like this podcast and if you found it informative... Please subscribe. Please follow me at drpsychmom.com and reach out with other suggestions about topics that you would like to hear me cover. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.